0: standing up here before you with a combination of jet lag, plus the anointing, plus some cold and flu tablets. And it's feeling really good right now, actually, to be honest with you. Plus a double shot uh, latte from Zarafas. Thank you to Cherie. Can we give Cherie a round of applause? Who could see that I might have not been 100% awake when I came in and she just Decided to go and get me a coffee. I love that. Awesome. Thank you, Cherie. Cool. So uh, today, the message is activate. Everyone say activate. 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 And uh, I felt to bring this message because last, as we know, the last little while, we've just had our first conference for the Year Rise conference. We had Dr. Kathy Tollison, and she brought some really fa- fa- uh, uh, fascinating and fantastic teaching on the importance of understanding anger in our world, in our life, and then the root cause of anger, and, and that it's important for us to uproot it, and to manage it, and to discern where it comes from, so that it doesn't um, cause damage in our life, in our relationships. And... Uh so one of those, you know, a couple of the things that she shared was that, you know, there's different manifestations of anger. It can come from uh, disappointment. It can come from despondency. It can come from betrayal or hurt, uh, deep-rooted hurt, uh, all these different areas. And uh, so I was thinking about where we are in the year. And again, always when we start to get around the end of March, starting to go into April, it's kind of like where we think about the year broken into four quarters, we're getting to kind of the end of the first quarter of the year, January, February, March. And I always like to bring teaching that's aligned to the natural cycles and systems and seasons of life. Because I think God is very much into the timings and seasons. And as, as a great dad that he is, he likes to bring uh, words and he likes to bring encouragement that helps us in the time that we're at. So I feel that this word about activate is particularly um, relevant to being at the end of the first quarter of the year. And we're kind of, you know, who here feels that they're really kind of quite busy right they're doing kind of a lot on who here just put up your hand if you think you're busy just actually don't put your hand just wave at me kind of wave at me like this if you're kind of having a busy time right now okay good and uh this is where people start to their their immune system starts to run uh, get run down a little bit we've got a few of our team that are away sick today and uh you know people start to get busy and they start to get stressed and they start to get impatient everyone say impatient because we're believing for the things for the beginning of the year and the the start of the year is always exciting and we set new goals and then we start to run forward and and uh, not everything works to plan and so uh, we can we can kind of run into this uh, place where we're we're like we're full of faith but we're also starting to feel impatient because maybe some things aren't breaking through or aren't coming through at the level or, or the speed in which we wanted. Who he can relate to that, and so we want to talk about. How can we activate our faith, but also our patience to combine with our faith to make sure that we stay the path? And the other, the other theme to today's message is also the importance of consistency. Um, as a, as a pastor and also as someone who coaches people general in the marketplace, one thing that I look for that's a strong sign of maturity is, is this person able to, to really have elements of strong consistency in their life? Or do they kind of get uh, kind of tossed back and forth depending on the circumstances around them? And so the message today is very much about how can we activate our faith and our patience together to work together. We're going to learn today today that the faith and patience are actually uh, kind of twins. They kind of partner with each other through the power of God to help us to, to break through, to move forward, but to stay on track, to stay consistent, and, uh, and to, to be able to, to kind of see the break through come before us, even if it doesn't come at the perfect time that we were wanting, but it comes in the perfect timing of God. And so, you know, when we were talking uh, at, earlier this year about... That uh, God wanted to establish a stronger dominion mindset. When I think about having a dominion mindset, I think about people being proactive, people really going into new territory, believing for promotion, believing for provision, believing for new things, for, for doors of opportunity, really being in that place of faith. Everyone say proactive. Proactive. Uh, and also we talked about the other key was a humble heart. And when I think about cultivating a humble heart, Safina referred to this message that we brought earlier this year, um, that the dominion mindset is very much the proactive faith, but also the cultivating the humble heart is about the importance of marrying patience with this dominion mindset or with this faith. And, um, and I believe that there really is an anointing that comes around about us to help to activate our faith, but, but to marry it with patience so that it creates what we call a force of faith. So it's an enduring force. We're able to stay steadfast. We're able to persevere. We're able to not be tossed back and forth because something doesn't break through or something didn't happen exactly the same timing, and, and we don't get out of position. And I hear strongly this morning that God is saying this, stay in position. Stay in position. Do not uh, move to the left. Do not move to the right. Stay in position and do not be uh, fooled by things just not perfectly coming to pass. Stay in position as I teach you to marry your faith with patience and then the breakthrough will come. I hear the Lord saying this as an encouragement to us. So I want to throw out a question to you. Is patience difficult for you? It's difficult for me. Um, I think it's a little bit difficult for our little girl, isn't it? Our little Zara, who's a real kind of dynamo. I mean, she's she's just kind of her personality is going from level to level, isn't isn't she? Right. And uh, my wife actually is incredibly patient. Thank goodness, uh, because I'm uh, not gifted in patience. I have to work really hard at it. Don't know, honey. She's nodding strongly. at the the front here. And our little girl seems to have inherited my real dominion mindset, but has to you know, like her daddy, uh, cultivate uh, patience. And so you may be sitting here and you might be like Pastor Sarah and you're kind of, you know, you're pretty good at patience. Um, Well, I commend you and that's great. But sometimes we know even the most uh, kind of laid back people uh, still can battle uh, being patient. Uh, Even with Dr. Kathy Tollison and her background in psychology and counseling and her mastery of scripture, she brought some fantastic uh, teaching around how even more people who tend to be laid back, or introverted, they may not have necessarily uh, an aggressive form of impatience, but their uh, impatience can manifest as passive aggressiveness, and she talked about all these different types of of elements of how our different personalities can manifest anger or frustration or impatience differently. Who remembers that? Who here was at a RISE conference? Good. So most of you. Cool. Um, So I want to actually talk about faith and patience as the power twins, because they work... uh, well, together in, in helping us to harness the power of God and activating our faith. And, you know, like baby human twins, which have very similar DNA uh, and, and they work closely together, uh, but they have their own unique identity. And the same is true with faith and patience, they have uh, similar uh, DNA but they are individual forces supernaturally that uh, when they're both established in people's lives, uh, those two forces have an inseparable connection and help people to walk out their destiny. They have an inseparable connection. And I want to go into Scripture today to talk about that it's one thing to have this uh, thing called faith or really be in a place of faith, but you need to marry it with patience to set the course, stay on course, to see um, that the fruits of your faith come to pass. Who thinks that this might be uh, relevant to them right now? Yeah, good. All right. So um, if we have a look here at uh, James chapter 1, we're going to go into James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4. So just make that James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4. It says, My brothers, count it all joy when you fall, get this, into diverse temptations, not when you fall into sin, But when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh or works through patience. So the trying of your faith creates or works or establishes patience. But let patience then have her perfect work. So let patience continue to build. To build that consistency that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Meaning, this it's saying here that let your faith. When your faith gets trialed, when it gets tested, the byproduct of that, the good byproduct, is it builds patience and allow your patience to grow and to mature so that it establishes you, so therefore it leaves you not wanting anything, meaning you start to experience the breakthroughs. You start to see the promises of God not just being an idea or a dream, but actually starting to become a reality in your life, level by level, season by season. Who knows that the Bible says, be careful. That deferred hope, you keep hoping for something, but you never actually experience or taste breakthrough. You keep believing in the promises of God, but you never actually see some of those promises kind of pass. It can actually make your heart grow sick. Who knows that, right? And sometimes... It's important for us to break it down and say, you know what? I need to know that it's not just about faith and activating my faith, but as I go on this journey and I activate faith and I start to believe something, I've got to know that my faith will be tested. There will be trials. There will be things that don't break through when I was expecting them to. There will be hiccups. There will be road bumps. There will be challenges. There will be frustrations. There will be disappointments. There will be annoyances. There will be all these things that will test and trial my faith and God says it's a good thing because it will help to birth what we call patience, and patience will help to mature you to actually stay steadfast, stay in position, don't shift to the left, don't shift to the right. So, if you stay in position by bringing in that patience, allowing that patience to mature you, even though things aren't going perfectly, it helps you to stay in that position of faith. And because of that, bit by bit, you keep stepping forward. Things don't necessarily go to plan all the time. You stay patient, you stay in place. and bit by bit, God will actually bring the breakthrough, and you won't want for anything in terms of long-term, meaning you'll actually taste the victories of God in your life. Everyone say, hmm, I like the sound of that. Even more importantly, to the person next to you, I think I really like the taste of victory. That would be good there. Yeah. Tell the person next to you, I like the taste of victory. And so I think I spoke a couple of weeks ago, but... Our Now, one of our mighty leaders, Julie Bailey, the first prophetic word that she brought over my life personally uh, was, uh, Brand, God wants to uh, show you that right now you are a bull in a china shop. And God is, uh, he's, he is he's learning, he is your master rider, and he is putting a saddle on you, he's putting a bit in your mouth, and he's breaking you in, and he's reining you in, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and it's going to feel like it's limited, but God says it's a season of maturity that you're coming into. Now, what was Julie actually prophesying? Julie was actually prophesying, you're a man of boldness, and you like to step out, and you're a go-getter, and you're like a bull in a china shop, but you don't have the patience and the maturity that needs to come in to marry with that boldness to be able to make sure that you stay in position so that you're not knocking life over here and knocking life over here and you're actually starting to mature so that the Lord can actually lead you and guide you and so you're not bucking to and fro because this didn't work out and that didn't work out and and, and this door didn't open and that door didn't open at the timing and then God can actually lead you and guide you to the place that he has for you so you can actually, even though you feel hindered by having to be patient, even though you feel hindered by things not happening when you wanted them to happen, that God's actually going to take you to the place what he has for you and what he has planned for you. And so the same is true for all of us, that God, you know, whatever personality we are, at some time in life, we've got to learn that even though our faith and our boldness, however that's expressed, that will help to position us in in initially, but we need to also make sure that the testing of our faith, the trials of our faith, you become more mature when you know that if if your faith is being tested, the byproduct of that, the fruit of that is God wants to build patience in your life. So it's a good thing. Hebrews 6.12 says, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience, who through faith and patience, inherit the promises, that you be not slothful, But followers of them who, through faith and patience, right there, the Scripture is teaching that they work together to inherit the promises. It's not just faith alone, but and patience. Almost everywhere you find faith mentioned in the Bible, you also find patience. And faith and patience are the power twins that work together. Patience without faith has no power to call into reality the thing desired. So patience alone ain't going to cut the mustard, so to speak. On the other hand, faith without patience many times will fail to stand firm on the evidence of the word that gives deed to things not seen. So faith without patience may actually position you at the beginning, but it won't allow you to stand firm long enough to actually see the evidence of the things hoped for start to manifest. Turn to the person next to you and say, "Mm, I think I'm getting this. So the trouble sometimes is that for me, I don't know about you, but I'm in a hurry. And sometimes God isn't. Ever notice that? I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. And so that's where patience has to come in when it comes to marrying with your journey of faith. So patience undergirds faith and gives it endurance to persevere until the answer comes. Why is patience essential for fruit in your life to manifest? Okay, so we're going to look at some more scripture here. So patience is a real force. It actually is a force, but it has to be developed. And the word says in Titus, the book of Titus chapter 2, the Bible says that we are to be sound. It's a strong encouragement that we are to be sound or developed in patience. And this is a really important point that I'm now about to make, because usually Uh, I think a lot of times we can make a mistake when it comes to good teaching around faith in this next bit. And that is, is, one of the most common, I think, traditions or mistakes in the area of believing is that trials and tribulations develop faith. That's actually not accurate. That's not correct based on scripture. Trials and tribulations do not develop faith. It's the trials and tribulations of your faith that actually develops patience. It's a really important, significant difference that we need to understand because if we think that trials and tribulations develops our faith, then we actually misunderstand this whole extra part of patience and where it comes to the faith journey. So trials and tribulations do not develop faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Trials and tribulations, which is the testing of that faith that's come from hearing the word, whether it be uh, the Logos word, scripture, we've got revelation from the scripture, or there might be an encouragement in a prophetic word, or it might be a combination of both of those things. So our faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Who knows that the word of God is supernatural? Oh, thank you, Jenny. Let's give Jenny a round of applause. (laughs) Oh my goodness, we have a... We have a wonderful team here. Thank you, Jenny. So um, faith is supernatural because it's birthed out of hearing the Word of God, which is supernatural. Amen? So our faith is a force. It's a supernatural force that comes from hearing the Word of God. That's why it's important for you to keep coming and getting around the Word of God. Notice that faith doesn't come by reading the Word of God. Ooh, So reading the Word of God, don't get me wrong, is good, right? But speaking the Word of God is even better. Getting yourself to speak the Word of God over your life is better because when you speak the Word of God, you're hearing yourself speak the Word of God. That activates your faith. Getting under teaching and hearing someone you know who's passionate and jet lagged and got some cold and flu tablets plus the anointing, right? And just bring it with a bit of passion and conviction, right? Okay, that's good to hear some good preaching and some teaching with fervency and passion and conviction and anointing because that stirs your faith. Reading scripture is important. But reading Scripture is important to get the revelation and then also pray that into being, decree that into being, hearing sermons, getting product around, audio, whatever it is, just getting the Word of God, but hearing the Word of God, hearing the Word of God. God designed the Word of God to be spoken, to be preached, to be teached. That's why it says go out into all the world and to preach the good news, not just to give people a Bible and they can read it in the corner. Okay, So there's something supernatural that gets released when you hear the word of God. Because when you hear the word of God, it doesn't just impact in your brain, it doesn't just impact in your heart, but it impacts in all of you. It actually gets in you supernaturally and it helps to build this supernatural force called faith. So we know that that's important. But the testing of that faith, once it's established and once it's growing, whether it's in seed form or whether it's very, very mature and it's strong and it's fortified in your heart, the testing of that faith that has already been deposited into your heart through the hearing of the Word of God, the testing of that faith develops patience. Everyone say, mm, good. So it is important that we realize the difference between the developing of faith and the developing of patience. The developing of faith comes by hearing the word of God. The developing of patience comes from the testing and trials. We're in that place of faith, believing for something. Remember how Jesus, when he talked about the wise and foolish builders. So we we'll look at scripture here in Luke chapter 6, verses 47 to 48. And I'll read this here. So Luke chapter 6, verses 47 to 48. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. So he's going to show us what the people are that put his words into practice. What are they like? So people that put his words into practice, do you think that means they've got faith? Come on now. Who knows that if you hear the word of God, that establishes faith, and then you step out. Who knows that faith without works is? Come on now. Faith without works is? Good, so when we hear the word of God, that activates faith, and then we activate that faith by stepping out and doing something with it, right? And so this is what he's saying. Jesus is saying here that if a man acts on his words, his word being the word of God, right, that creates faith, if a man acts, activates his faith, steps out by faith, he likens him unto a man who builds his house on a rock. That's the first bit. When the flood beat upon the house, the house did not fall. Notice the man had to dig deep in the scripture. So let's read the scripture. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. So this whole first part, Jesus is talking about the first power twin of faith. That faith being activated in someone is the first thing of how you build your life and you walk out this Christian walk actually stepping into the promises of God. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep, as in dug into the word of God, listened to the word of God, activated the word of God in their belly, activated this force called faith, and then stepped out with it and laid the foundation on rock. Then the second bit is the trial of that faith. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built so the second part is that the house then gets tested the level of strength of the house built on the rock gets tested meaning the level of strength of your faith activated by stepping out by the word of god gets tested. Meaning when you believe something, when you hear the word of God through the Logos word, when you hear something from the prophetic word and something about that God says to you, I have this for you in this season. I want you to step out in this season. I'm going to open this door in this season for you. And that stirs in your spirit and it activates that faith and then you position yourself and you start to believe and you step out. You're actually building your life in that season on the rock or revelation and that's a good thing. But then God says, and then when the storm comes or the wind comes or the wave comes, that level of steadfast of that rock of that faith will be tested will be trialed and that's a good thing because therefore it will create a byproduct and now the power twin called patience which will help that house to stay in position and so therefore your faith will be well built because it will keep you in position because you're developing patience as the storms come. God's saying to us, stay in position. Don't get knocked around because everything's not 100% falling in line with what you're expecting. God says it's okay because then that forces you to establish this other force called patience. And God's saying, I need patience to be strong within you, to marry with the faith that I've developed within you through my word so that they can work together to help to keep you on track until the breakthrough comes. Faith is developed before the trial comes. The force of patience is developed in the trial and tribulation and undergirds or protects the faith, or keeps the door open for our faith to work and to overcome whatever has been put before us. So I feel this morning that what God's wanting to do in this word is he's wanting to strengthen and activate our patience or our revelation of patience. And so whatever trials you're going through right now, you actually need to say, hey, this is annoying, this is tough, but this is good. This is a good thing. Who knows that when our perception or our mindset around something that's tough, when it changes, it even helps us to endure, right? And so I believe that there are some people here today, and you've been really frustrated or annoyed or whatever it is. And the good thing is you're going to walk out of here today knowing, you know what, this is a good thing. It's okay, because I'm developing patience, and I don't worship a God who's a microwave God who I pop in there at my wish for two minutes and ping, out it comes. My breakthrough. Mm, like two-minute magic noodles. Chicken-flavored. No, not chicken-flavored. We need more courage and boldness. We need patience. Amen. <laughs> oh, dear. I love jet lag. And the anointing. I'm having a good time up here. If you're not, I'm having a great time. Ah, so it's like God's saying, hey, sometimes I've got some weight training for you, not the W-E-I-G-H-T variety, although sometimes we need that, but the W-A-I-T variety, weight training, because a lack of patience, if our patient muscles aren't strong enough, there can be some consequences. Now, the great thing is we worship a God who has the power to overturn and overcome consequences right? No consequence is big enough to stop God from from actually turning those things around. Having said that, wisdom says, how about we understand what actually leads to the consequence and have a preventative measure rather than always having to call God in to come in and do a quick emergency. Who believes that that's wisdom? So the preventative measure is to understand that a lack of patience can close the door on the power of our faith in different seasons. So if we're excited at the beginning of a season, or we're excited because we've got a prophetic word, or we're excited because we went to a RISE conference, or we're excited because we heard a recent uh, sermon that really spoke to us and gave us fresh revelation about our season and took us to a new place of believing and expecting and and anticipating. And so we start to run into this new season. Oh, I've got so much faith and believing. And then it, whoa, I just hit a wall. What's that wall? The wall is a roadblock, an obstacle, a disappointment, a hindrance, or whatever it is, a setback, right? And so God's saying, how does that wall impact you? At what level of impact do you allow that wall to have on your faith? And what's important here is that if we have a lack of patience, or if we don't embrace this wall by faith, going, you know what, this is annoying me right now, but I'm going to put my trust in God, and somehow, some way, I'm going to get around this wall. I'm going to get over this wall. I'm going to get through this wall. I'm going to get under this wall with God. But it may not happen in one minute. It may happen next week. It may happen next month. I don't know. But I'm going to keep believing God to get around this obstacle that's hindering my path towards breakthrough. And I need to embrace that even though this wall isn't, isn't just, you know, with a wave of, of a magic wand going straight away. But it might be there for a little while. I have to actually allow this brick wall to actually allow me to build patience with, with God and say, okay, this patience that I'm developing right now is going to strengthen me, it's going to keep me in position, and I'm going to keep calling on the name of Jesus, and I'm going to keep strategizing with God, and I'm going to keep believing that somehow, some someway, sooner rather than later, hopefully, God's going to show me how I get around or how I get through or how this brick wall is going to move, and then I keep staying in position so I can move forward towards my breakthrough. As opposed to, (sighs) I knew this would happen. I knew it was too good to be true. This is so hard. Uh, uh, uh. uh, 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 uh. Right? Where God initially had awakened us before with the prophetic word or the Arise conference or the sermon and season. Faith. And rather than staying in position, allowing this trial and tribulation to build patience, we go all the way back to where God first released the word and we fall asleep spiritually. This is such a critical ingredient for us to be encouraged today that God is in a season where he wants to strengthen us and mature us. Amen. So the definition of patience is being constant or being the same way at all times. James says in chapter 1 that we are to be single-minded When it comes to our faith, consistency, mastering your feelings of frustration, mastering your feelings of anger, mastering your feelings of disappointment, mastering your feelings of annoyance through patience, so you stay the path and stay in position for faith to bear the fruit. So regardless of what may be thrown at us, we must become so word of God minded that we do not act in fear or doubt, but always act on whatever the word of God says. Being sound in patience is to answer every doubt and every fear with the firm assurance and confession that God's word is true, regardless of what we feel or see. In Hebrews 10.35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Come on now. This scripture is so on point with what God's revealing to us today. I want you to make a note of it. Hebrews 10.35. I want to encourage you to chew on this great piece of meat during the week. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Which means cast not away your confidence, your faith, that initially kick started you to position yourself to believe for what you were believing for. Cast it not away, for you have need right there in that moment of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The patience will marry with the faith to help you to break through, to stay in position. Other versions, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Another version, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So cast not away. This was a term of soldiers throwing away their weapons and abandoning the battle. So when you look at the interpretation, when it says cast not away, it was directly referring to soldiers in battle saying, don't throw away your weapons. Don't abandon the battle just because your idea of the plan hasn't exactly rolled out. Just because a curveball has come, just because a disappointment has come, just because a roadblock has come, just because a setback has come, just because a hindrance has come, don't throw away your weapons and abandon the battle. Do not cast away your confidence, says the word of God. Be steadfast. Stay in position and allow that trial to build patience that will position you. You know, um, I've shared this story a long time ago when we, we first started our church, but with this message today, I just wanted to, to bring it again. And that was first year I, um, well, the first year I left high school, I did a gap year in the United States as an exchange student. And uh, there are some Americans who are really into the worldwide wrestling thing. You know, the wrestling where it's actually actors and it's fake. You know, the, the WW, whatever it's called. Um, if there's anyone here who didn't realize it was fake... Uh, um, I'm sorry <laughs> um, for disappointing you. You might now go through a trial where you'll have more patience. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but anyway, some Americans don't realise it's fake. Uh, they're so into it. Anyway, so I was in this, um, This, you know, I was invited, you know, I'm not personally a fan of wrestling, if you are, God bless you, um, but I was invited by one of my host parents who had a free ticket, so I went along to have an American experience and, so they've got like this whole arena full of these, you know, Americans who just love, you know, wrestling, and um, so these two wrestlers were in the, you know, whatever you call it, the ring, and uh, doing their thing and jumping on each other, and one of the one of the crowd members that was close to us, he obviously believed in that it was, you know, they weren't actors, that it wasn't choreographed, that it was just raw and ready to go, right? And so he was fully into it. He was so into it, he got he got really disappointed. Really disappointed with actually one of his favorite wrestlers wasn't winning. He got so frustrated, annoyed that he started shouting at uh, at his favorite wrestler from like just over here. And uh, then all the people around him were kind of just starting to tell him off because he was just so loud and annoying. And I think most of them were also fascinated with how much he obviously believed that it was real. And um, so anyway, so everyone kind of started moaning and groaning and kind of, you know, giving him a little bit of flack and, yeah, buddy, be quiet. Rah, rah. Anyway, he lost it. He started abusing him. he's like, and he just lost it, right? Absolutely lost it. And um, so he's inspired me today uh, in terms of coming up with uh, uh, three opponents to... Uh, to faith and patience, because obviously he was a ridiculous example, a good but ridiculous example of impatience. But three opponents to faith and patience working really, really well together. So three things that could really uh, maybe hold you back from coming into this place of uh, powering on, so to speak, with your faith and your patience working together. And so I've come up with these three opponents. The first one, opponent one is Louserville. Everyone say Louserville. (laughs) <laughs> lose I will. Opponent two is bad perspective. Everyone say bad perspective. And opponent number three is blamer. Everyone say blamer. Blamer. Awesome. All right. So let me uh, read here. I'm going to read from James chapter five, verse seven in relation to these three opponents. So, I didn't just come up with them because they were a nice idea. We, we will relate it to Scripture. So in James chapter 5, verse 7, it actually highlights so there are these three elements to be mindful of when you are wanting to, to start to really grow maturity and build patience in your walk with the Lord. And James chapter 5, verse 7 says this. It's actually verse 7 um, through to verse 11. James chapter 5, verse 7 through to 11. Therefore be patient, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer, so great analogy here. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Verse 8, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Verse 11, Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and see the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So here in this scripture, James here addresses the problems that we can face when problems overwhelm us. So the first thing that he talks about here is that we can be tempted to lose our patience. That's loseable The second thing is we can be tempted to lose our perspective. That's bad perspective. When things happen, instead of of when our faith is tested or trialed, rather than developing, being mature and allowing that to develop good patience, we can actually just lose our patience. Or we can actually lose our perspective and start to get a bad perspective. Or the third thing is that we can be tempted to start blaming others. And so this is what he's warning us, that in that moment of trial... Don't allow those things of just losing your patience or losing your perspective or blaming others to be the way that you respond. But maturity says respond by actually saying, okay, I need to hold on here and I need to allow this situation, trust God and allow this to build good, healthy patience in my world. So let's talk about loser Everyone again say loser So first it's saying when our faith is tested, we can be tempted to lose our patience. But remember, it will be worth the wait. So when we look at the words, be patient, in the Greek, the actual word in the Greek, and I will attempt to correctly pronounce it, but forgive me in advance if it's slightly incorrect. The word is makrothumia. That's the word in the, in the Greek, in the New Testament, when it talks about being patient in Scripture. Makrothumia in Greek means to be long-tempered. So not to be short-tempered, which is to lose your patience and then leads to anger, which again was a big theme of the Uriah's conference, but to be long-tempered. The word translated patience comes to us from the combination of two Greek words, makros, which means far away, and thumos, which means anger, heat, or rage, So it's saying that being patient means that you allow your spirit to be far away from rage, anger, or heat. It's saying that the way for you to respond to build that patience when something doesn't go to plan is to allow your spirit to be far away from the temptation of just reacting with anger or heat or rage. So this is not a passive resignation but an attitude of self-restraint that enables one to refrain from hasty retaliation in the face of frustration. Everyone say maturity. Now, we've all experienced the herd of mistreatment, betrayal, frustration, disappointment, all these things. And they come in all different types of of forms. And so in that moment, when you're believing for something and something goes pear-shaped, That's that's the hard bit. And so our tendency, our natural tendency is to retaliate, sometimes to return evil for evil, to get even, to hold a grudge, to become bitter, to become even disappointed with God, to become disappointed with ourselves, to start to go back to sleep spiritually. But there is a better way to respond, and here the Scripture is teaching us the better way to respond to such Frustrating or hurtful or annoying or disappointing circumstances. And that's with good, solid patience. To distance ourselves from temper, rage or a heated response. Everyone say, I'm not called to be a loser. (laughs) So I'm not called to lose my patience. That's the first key here. Now, can I say this? I am definitely preaching to myself right now. Am I not Pastor Sarah? Okay? This is speaking to me as well. How important is because I'm naturally a go-getter and I love to see things happen. And I like to see I prefer to think for things to happen quickly, right? Rather than slowly. But who knows that sometimes things can happen quickly. You can have miraculous doors open, right? But who knows sometimes in life for things to be high quality, they need to be like good stews that simmer on the stove, and if you rush that stew, it may not quite taste the same level of quality or flavor that if you just had more patience and didn't rush it off the stove. Who knows that? Yeah? And so sometimes God is saying to us his timing, his understanding about your life and about the seasons and about the things that you're desiring and the things that he already has dreamed about for your life. And then he's birthed that into your heart through revelation, through the word of God, through the prophetic word. He already has a good grasp of what he has for you. And because he's revealed it to you, we get excited. But God's saying sometimes we don't necessarily know and understand the timings and seasons of him, but that's okay. Put your trust afresh in him. Allow that situation to birth patience and that will help you to stay in position because God ultimately is always going to bring a yes and amen to the promises. It may not be in the way that you first thought, but ultimately God will bring the breakthrough. Everyone say amen. amen. Number two bad perspective. So secondly, when we are tempted to lose when we when we have our faith that's trialed, we're tempted to lose perspective. We're tempted to lose sometimes a strength in our relationship with the Lord. So he says in here in James that instead of feeling agitated or shaken up by the experience of oppression or frustration, we are to develop an inner sense of stability. We are told in verse 8 to establish or to strengthen our hearts in James. It says to establish or to strengthen our hearts. So rather than actually getting a bad perspective or a bad attitude, something like this Oh, this always happens to me. Here we go again. I believe, I step out. And then it doesn't happen. Well, I'm sick of this. You know? I mean, God breaks through for other people. Why doesn't he break through for me? I mean, what have I done wrong to deserve this? This is just not... I'm just sick and tired of this. I mean, believing for things to happen. And so who knows? We can start to get cynical. We can start to get a bad attitude. We can start to be Mr. or Mrs. Bad Perspective. I'm sure no one here can relate to that at all, right? And the room goes silent. Number three, the blamer. Third, we, when we are tempted uh, through the trial of our faith, we are tempted to blame others. Now, let's first of all just go back to the original scripture I started with where it says actually take joy. God says take joy in the temptation of your faith and the trial of your faith. He says, take joy in it because of the good patience that it can create. But sometimes we don't take any joy in it. We just want to blame others. So grumbling will not help. In uh, verse 9, it talks about be careful that we don't start blaming others. Let's even go to that particular part of James. Here it says, do not grumble against one another, brothers, lest you be condemned. Ooh. Do not grumble against one another. Just because things haven't gone to plan, don't start getting annoyed with your brother or your sister or start blaming them or, you know, oh, you don't really love me or you don't care for me or you're breaking through. God's saying, be careful that you don't respond that way because you're going to miss out on opportunities. He says, "Impatience impatience with our circumstances can lead to impatience with God. Sometimes we can start to blame God, which in turn then leads to impatience with God's people. What do we usually do when we begin to feel the heat? We can start to complain to anyone who will listen. And we can start to lash out at other people because of the pressure that we are feeling. And so God's encouraging us to be mindful of, take advantage of the opportunity. When your faith is tested, that it's an opportunity to build patience. To hold on. I'm just going to ask the uh, the uh, musos to come. I wanted to finish this message with just shifting to another focus as we finish off, um, because I just finished there with the three things not to do, and I felt not to finish there, okay? Because that's finishing with the negative stuff, all right? But sometimes it's good to learn not what to do, but How can we respond today? I feel that God wants us to respond by activating. You know, this whole message is called Activate. And I feel God wants us to activate afresh our faith with patience via the power of the Holy Spirit today. And so I want to talk a little bit again about the anointing. And uh, Byron, yeah, you can go ahead and start playing. just want to have a bit of music behind this. You know, there is an anointing... That God provides us to help us when our faith is trial and tested. He doesn't expect you to do it in your own strength, church. He's with you every step of the way. It's His strength in your weakness. And he wants to remind you today, you can put your trust in him during that trial. Put your trust in him. Knowing that if you stay in position and put your trust in him, he will build patience in your life. And so I want to talk about the anointing, the enabling power of God to build patience in your life. It's so refreshing to know that in this revelation, in that moment, when the brick wall's in front of us, he doesn't look at us and say, well, let's see what you're going to do with that. No, he goes, come on now. Come on now. Son, daughter, come on. Look up to me. Pray. Reach out to me. Invite me into this situation. Let my strength pour into your weakness. Let me help you to build that patience. And so the anointing is important. You know, the Holy Spirit is likened in Scripture to oil, to fire, to wind, to rivers of water, and even a dove. And these metaphors reveal what God is like in those moments of trials God doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He actually is right there, but he has to sometimes wait for you to invite him right in the middle of that situation to stand between you and the brick wall and say you know what this is not the end, this is just the beginning and I want to activate your faith and I want to build your patience and I want to help to position you and keep you in position and get you to hold on and to persevere because I will not leave you, I will not forsake you and I'm going to take you into the promised land so hold on but in this moment in position I'm going to see your patience be built and I'm going to mature you and I'm going to establish you says God I'm going to establish you says God I'm going to establish you says God God is you know he's anointing he's enabling power in those moments of weakness the Bible says the anointing is soothing it's liberating It's lubricating, it's cleansing, and it's refreshing. And so how do we access and activate or reactivate the power of the Holy Spirit in those moments? The anointing is the key to the power of God in those moments of weakness. The anointing is a spiritual force that accompanies the Holy Spirit and empowers us to accomplish the building of our patience. A little bit more teaching here. The anointing is designed to rest on us in that moment. Not to make us feel weaker, but to actually strengthen us. In Exodus 29.7 says, Take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it on his head. 2 Corinthians 1.21 says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. And so we are given the anointing to walk out supernaturally. The force of faith married with the force of patience to keep us in position. So a couple of things about the anointing and, and, and what it means. You know, one thing about the anointing is it's like oil. Do you know that oil burns? So, the wick of, of an oil lamp is drenched in oil and the oil burns. And as long as it is soaked in oil, the lifespan of the wick is indefinite. Without oil, however, it is gone in minutes. And in that moment, without the anointing, when your faith is tested and you're trying to do it in your own strength, your flesh will react and you'll lose your patience or you'll lose your perspective or you'll start to blame others. But God's saying, in that moment, you're a child of the kingdom. And I want you to reach out to me, the king of the kingdom, and invite me in that moment because I have the oil from heaven to pour all over you so that you'll be empowered to stay in position. I feel like God's saying, I have a new release of the anointing to establish patience in people today so that you don't just burn out, but you're able to stay in position Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Hebrew word wait here is quavar. And this means to bind together by twisting, to collect, to expect, to gather together, to look for and to wait for. And this tells us how to wait on God in order to receive supernatural power. A transaction is meant to take place with the anointing. We actually become entwined with God through his anointing. And therefore, that's why when, it's, when we're weak, he is strong. And his strength steps into our weakness to establish patience. It also says that the oil of God is like moisturizer. And do you know that rubbing oil into leather renews the leather? Who knows that? When you rub really good oil into leather, it renews the leather. And so when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it's moisturizing our skin spiritually because sometimes in those moments, again, when we lose our temper, when we lose our perspective, when we start to blame others, we're starting spiritually to get dry, to get brittle, to snap. But there's an oil of heaven that wants to come in in that moment and strengthen us and enable us to stay in position, to birth a new level of patience, for a a sense of peace to come in and say, even though everything isn't perfect, even though the plan doesn't seem to be perfect, I'm putting my trust in God. I'm taking on his peace. He's birthing patience in me. I'm going to stay in position. I just want everyone to stand. So we finish this morning. It's going to believe for a moment where God's going to just meet where we're at. So just position yourself however you want to be. Whether it's like this, it could be like this, hands down by your side, hands in the air. Whatever you feel to do, let there be a freedom of how you want to position yourself to receive from God this morning. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful God. Lord, let your anointing pour out. I thank you, Lord, that there be no There'd be nothing that would restrict you from moving in this place. Holy Spirit, meet everyone where they're at, Lord. Lord, we invite you in to do a work in us. I thank you, God, that you're such a gentleman. Holy Spirit, do a work in us. Strengthen us. Pour in that anointing. Pour in that oil. I thank you, Lord, that you are just refreshing our spiritual wick. Lord, you're just pouring oil into our hearts, into our spirit. Lord, so we can be strong and we can keep in position and we can keep running forward. And Lord, I thank you, Father, Father, that you're helping us to birth new levels of patience and a new level of trust in you, God. Father, as you're pouring in this morning, pour into those specific areas of dryness, those areas of weakness, those areas that have become brittle, Lord, Pour into those places of weariness and tiredness. Pour in, God. Pour into those corners of frustration and annoyance. Strengthen us, God. Strengthen us with your goodness. Strengthen us with your grace. Strengthen us with your power, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're activating, you're activating, you're activating our faith. And our patience. You're activating our faith. And you're activating our patience to work together as powerful supernatural forces. Lord, your anointing, your oil from heaven is the enabling power of God for us to run and not grow weary. Jesus. We call on that amazing name. That name of glory and strength and victory. We look to you afresh this morning and we just want to say thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we can't do this without you. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for meeting us where we are at today. And thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be perfect. As I've got my eyes closed, I can just see that the Lord's just taking away that heaviness of an expectation to be perfect. Hearing God say that that's sometimes been the reason why when we face a trial, we've been tempted to lose our patience or our perspective or blame someone else because we thought that that trial or that hiccup or that thing that didn't quite go to plan brought us shame saying we're just not good enough God's saying today I want to transform that mindset that belief God says leave this place knowing that things that don't go 100% to plan With a supernatural joy, embrace that as an opportunity to birth patience and let that fresh perspective sustain you and enable you to reach out to me in that moment and know that I will walk out that situation with you. Thank you, Lord. As we finish, just go ahead and just just have a private moment with God. Just thank Him for whatever He's revealing to you right now. Just thank the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. Thank you, Lord, for refreshing us today. We love you, God. Amen. Everyone said amen. Awesome.